In this series, lowimpact.org and the Open Credit Network talks with people working to build a mutually owned, democratic, decentralised economy that builds community and doesn't destroy nature. We want to increase collaboration to bring about system change. Find links to the sites mentioned in the videos in the description below. Join the conversation by liking, commenting and subscribing to our channel. So if, if, if people uh, watching this think they might be interested in starting a co-op grocery in their town, mm -hmm. what should they do? So our guide is on the website. It's called Grow a Grocery. So if you get onto our website and, uh, and search for that, that would be a great place to start. It's free and um, there's loads of information in there. And then having sort of digested all that, which might take a while, um, get in touch with us if you've got other questions, if there's, you know, other stuff you're interested in. We sometimes have people up for study visits or even to come and spend a day uh, working with us. Um, so, yeah, it, it depends on people's level of interest, really. If we think people are really serious about it, um, we will you know, usually try and put a bit of time in supporting them within the limitations, obviously, of, of trying to run a shop ourselves. But, um, yeah. I wanted to talk a bit more about the bigger picture, if you like, about mm -hmm. sort of spreading the idea of cooperation and, and mm. building the cooperative economy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, do you know how many, how, did, you, did you say how many other groups have possibly started or launched something similar? Do you know how many other groups have given it a go? You mean on the basis of our, of our of your, guide? Of your guide, yeah. Well, I mean, I couldn't tell you. I know it's been downloaded a couple of thousand times, um, oh. maybe more now, but obviously I, a lot of those I don't have any contact with the groups and they you know they just sort of go off and use it um you know to do their own thing i mean there's a good i i, I wouldn't want to take credit for them starting up because i think people come to it that they don't see our guide and think oh right i'll set up a you know i'll set up a worker co-op grocery i think people that are already wanting to do that seek it out or you know hear, hear about it um and then use use it to help them, you know, to do what they'd intended to do. Um, so I, I wouldn't like to put a number on it, really. I just think it's a fantastic idea. Were, were you involved with the um, with producing the guide? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a really interesting process, actually, because it was it was useful for us to kind of nail down, you know, what are we? What are the essential components of our model? And you know making that really really clear for ourselves as well i think i think it's the strength of unicorn that we've always we always have been really clear about our business model um but it was good to remind ourselves of that so things like um buying in bulk having a large warehouse space so that we can buy in really large quantities and because that's one of the way we we get good prices is by you know buying large amounts of stuff and where we can buying straight from the manufacturer so we're not paying you know the costs involved with it going through a couple of different people on the way um so stuff like that you know it's there it's there as a resource for mem for our membership as well what would be your most important piece of advice for somebody who was thinking of that of, of setting one up yeah um oh good question i think like really really thinking about whether you want to be a grocer you know because at the end of the day that is what we are i mean it's it's more than that because we're you know we're we're cooperators and we're 
but but essentially you have to want to work with fit you have to like food and like customer service um because that's the trade <laughs> and then the other stuff you know is an added bonus you have to love what you're doing yeah yeah but you know we all spend many hours a week you know sitting on the till or serving on the deli or stacking the shelves um and yeah and we're there because we like doing that as well as as well as the other stuff that we get to do as part of being in a multitasking co-op so so your ideas are around a sort of a federation of independent cooperative shops yeah 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 totally rather than big chains yeah and you know we have really nice relationships with a lot of the other whole food um you know worker co-ops in the uk and, and the whole food wholesalers as well like suma and essential and infinity and, and you, you, know, do you get deliveries from suma we do yeah we get a lot from suma and a lot from essential as well um and often you know if we're if we're struggling with something or we want to change a system or we want just to, to sort of be inspired as to you know what's working well in other places they're the people we'll go to first and you know there's been loads of sort of mutual exchange between businesses like us and them um that's you know been really really valuable both ways and other kinds of co-ops as well um equal care who are a really amazing um platform co-op doing social care you probably come across them yeah no, um, yeah so yeah we've we've shared you know we've we've had some great exchanges with them um they're using sociocracy as well and and they've shared a lot of sort of tools and experience with us that's been great and really helpful so how can, how can we help you spread the word um well, this for a start yeah i mean yeah the the i think it would be really you know there's there's such a low level of understanding about what worker co-op is among you know the world at large it's such a sort of inspiring business model to me um and you know to all of us that are sort of familiar with it and i think you know it it, it w would be for more people if they knew what it was you know but people can come out of university with a business degree barely knowing what it is you know they don't you know these sort of budding entrepreneurs because you can be very entrepreneurial in a co-op you know it's it doesn't it's they're not they're very compatible and i think that is um a really exciting thought that it can it can be a real you know amazing space for entrepreneurship to flourish um and we need entrepreneurs in our co-ops um as long as they have you know that sort of collective mindset but that's that's there in people it's just somehow not harnessed um in the way businesses are are often set up so to have a a more sort of widespread understanding of the potential of worker co-ops to you know to flourish and and thrive as businesses but also to you know to create common good and really be based around creating common good and not just the generation of profit um and their potential to create empowered work and you know and bring out amazing stuff in people yeah yeah it, be... i grew up in the in the black country in the west midlands near a town called Cradley Heath uh -huh. it was full of small shops and markets and, yeah. and it even had a an independent cinema and it got completely bulldozed and they and they just planted a giant Tesco and car park mm. and, and people hate it my family still live there they hate it 
Yeah. It, it just kills all sense of community. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You know, if, if, if they could have had something like, uh, like a unicorn grocery instead of Tesco's, mm. um, you know, that, that would, it provides better jobs. Mm. The money stays in the community, whereas Tesco yeah. is just sucked straight yeah. out the pay. Yeah, pay yeah. And just yeah. make it a, a lot more of a pleasant experience. Yeah. Yeah, that is something that I hope... I hope we achieve, you know, we, we want to be, you know, a positive presence in our community and, you know, we're far from perfect, but I, I do feel like generally, you know, we are going some way to achieve that. People come in and they, they feel, they feel good being there. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's not always true for, you know, your experience of trundling around a supermarket. So, yeah, it's a valuable um, thing. I'm often surprised at how few people know about almost about the existence of co-ops, especially worker co-ops. Mm, yeah, co yeah. But that's not a yeah not the same thing at all. Yeah, yeah. It would be amazing if you know kids were leaving school knowing somehow <laughs> that this opportunity was there. Exactly. Because yeah. I think more people would take it. Like I say, I think there is an innate sense of wanting to you know cooperate and wanting to run businesses that have you know more of a social sort of purpose to them but but yeah there's, there's there is a lack of awareness and it's yeah. it's yeah it's sad so we met at the ways forward conference in manchester mm. this year and that's a an annual uh, cooperative conference so how, how long have you been going to that and why do you go uh, I think that was probably the third one I'd been to. Um, I mean, the programs just always looked really interesting and it's local to us, but I guess it's interesting in the sense that it is aiming to sort of connect the, the sort of union movement and the sort of the left, I guess, politically with, with co-ops. And that's, that's something that is interesting to me personally um yeah do co-op workers need to be in a union if they own the company that's a really interesting question i think some of our members aren't uh, sorry some of our members are but probably most aren't and that's that's really up to the individual i think I yeah i would i would kind of yeah i think that has to be up to the individual I'm just wondering, you know, because it takes away one of the main reasons for being in the union is to sort of increase your collective bargaining power. Yeah. If you're, if you're the owners as well. Then exactly, it's, yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I want to ask a few more people that question, actually. actually. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a rhetorical question. <laughs> um, so how are we going to build the cooperative economy then? It's, it's Well... It's, yeah, that's a good question. Co-ops UK actually are running a campaign at the moment along with the Employee Ownership Association. Uh, it's called... Last, can you say that last? The, the what association? Yeah, so it's Co-ops UK with the Employee Ownership Association. Okay. Um, and they're running a campaign called One Million Owners and they're asking for significant government spending and a commitment to grow the worker co-op sorry the worker co-op and the worker owned economy um, and they've got a number of um, kind of specific campaign asks 
um, that they feel you know could get us to one million worker owners in the UK by I think it's 2030 which is you know yeah amazing an amazing thought so I would direct people to have a look at that and um, put their support to that campaign because it isn't just going to happen by accident and you know and as amazing as worker co-ops are about you know at shouting about what they do um, you know at the end of the day we we are trying to you know get our heads down and and provide the goods or service you know we need we need investment on a national scale um at government level i think and do, do you think there's that campaign as to, to well certainly to get the government to do something has any chance of of happening with the tory government i mean i, I don't see why it shouldn't because it's you're talking about the free market aren't you it's a it's a well it's, a it's interesting yeah i mean i yeah co-ops co-ops can be i mean they're obviously they're, they're they're loved by the left but they can also be cherished by the right in a sense because yeah, they're about sort of people doing it for themselves um and i think there has been i can't I'm, I'm a little hazy on the details but there have been moves from the government to uh to be more flexible about the way co-ops and mutuals might be able to get involved in the provision of public services so there has been some softening i think of their approach to um to uh, yeah to be more to be more encouraging of of that happening so it's not it's not out of the question um yeah what do you think are the biggest barriers to, to starting co-ops or to to build in the, the co-op co I think a lack a lack of understanding of it and and when you know when people not not just from the people setting up the businesses but from the people that they then interact with in the early days you know business advisors local chambers of commerce um, lenders you know all the sort of infrastructure that's there to support people setting up businesses it doesn't tend to encourage people to go down the co-op route because it doesn't have enough expertise or enough understanding, um, you know, of how to do that. And I think, I think that's partly what the One Million Owners campaign is seeking to address, you know, make it a real visible option, you know, for, for people who are A, setting up new businesses or B, and this is really important as well, people who are looking to sell their businesses, you know, people that are retiring, small and medium businesses, uh, business owners who are retiring or, or want to, you know, move on, make it really easy for them to, to sell it to their employees. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, so education. Yeah. Um, how might corporations fight back, do you think? If they see it as a, if it starts to grow and they see it as some sort of a challenge, um, well, you see it. I mean, once I think once big business sees the public mood, you know, shifting in in, in a positive direction, they then start that, that they can be very good at kind of confusing things by just identifying maybe bits of their business or trying to create a sort of 
a sort of warm glow for people around that aspect. So for, I can I can I can imagine um, them sort of I don't know talking up the way their employees are are you know looked after or consulted or engaged with or you know if they started to realise that 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 was something that people cared about. Um, but it's quite easy to do that without, you know, creating any meaningful change. Yeah. Um, so I, I would imagine, I would imagine that would be one of the first ways that they would respond. They're certainly not about to turn around and sell the business to their, <laughs> to no. their employees. Um, the, the business model is all about sucking profit out of, out of every community that they're in. Yeah. And if you're shareholder owned, you know, you can't be employee owned because you're, you know, yeah. Your shareholders come first, and they—they're the ones that that get to make the decision. I've noticed. But there have been there have been some really you know high-profile, large-scale conversions recently. Um, Richer Sounds, um, the electron, uh, electronics firm, uh, Riverford, um, okay. the Vegbox scheme. Both of them are now either wholly or largely owned by their employees. Yeah, I heard about Riverford. I didn't know about. Yeah. That. In fact, Guy uh, Watson Singh, who was the owner, the founder of Riverford, he came up and spent a couple of days at Unicorn earlier this year um, with the intention of sort of learning about our culture of ownership and um, employee, yeah, employee control. And that was a really great experience for both both sides. So you, you've been influential there. It'd be nice uh, to, to think we had some influence, yeah, but... <laughs> I also, I also noticed that McDonald's and Tesco have, have been adding lots of wood panelling. Yeah. <laughs> Make it look a, a, a bit more homely. And a, yeah. And a yeah. And yeah. It's, it's all this kind of, yeah, this sort of very intangible stuff that they do. Because a lot of what we believe about a company isn't necessarily because of information we have about it. It's because of just these little things that we absorb almost unconsciously. So yeah, things like wood panelling and like, you know, paper that looks like it might be recycled. It doesn't actually matter if it is or not, but they're all contributing to our sense of what that company is like. And, you know, as a consumer, I know how easy it is to, to be influenced by that. We're all very susceptible to it. Did you, did you hear that recently um, Co-op Energy has been bought out by Octopus? No, no, I didn't know that. I think it's still going to get most of its energy from community energy schemes and from right. renewables. But, um, yeah, and I think it's a consumer co-op rather than a worker co-op. Right. Um, so I think the members are still going to be part of mid-counties. Right. Uh, so I don't, know, I don't know exactly how it works. I'm, I'm talking yeah. to see what's going to happen. But, yeah. I mean, that's like what happened with a co-op bank. You know, you get these huge monolithic organisations and then... If they stumble, because Co-op Energy did stumble, and so did the Co-op mm -hmm. Bank, and then suddenly um, the Co-op Bank was swallowed by a hedge fund, and yeah, and swallowed by a for-profit company, and I think your ideas about just budding and federating rather mm. than growing huge, yeah, that's the right way to go about it, really. It's because yeah. one of the stores, say, if there's a hundred cooperative grocers in the country, and one of them stumbles and falls over, you've still got ninety-nine. Whereas yeah. With one job yeah. falls over, you haven't got any at all. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I think about trying to open like a second branch of Unicorn, I just, I, 
I, I, I don't want to do anything that ever jeopardizes the thing we have, you know, that, that is too valuable to mess with. Um, yeah. So it need yeah, they need to, the success or failure of the next one needs to not, you know, however that happens, it needs to not be able to hurt the original. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's the same mentality with any business really. I mean, we've, we've got local sort of restaurants and bars and some of those people, they, they don't want another one. They just, mm. they, they love their restaurant. They love cooking. They, they, and, and they have no ambition to have lots of chains because yeah. as soon as they have that second branch, they can't be in both places at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. They have to employ staff to run the other one. Yeah. It just wouldn't be the same. They just Yeah. And we, we've always found it really hard to imagine how we would even if we're just growing the membership you know on the one site it gets pretty creaky you know past a certain number yeah. to keep everybody engaged and you know we're all directors of the business oh nope. <laughs> um what's your what's your cat name <laughs> she's called castro castro okay um so here's a here's a, 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 a it's not a trick question but it's a possibly a difficult one so how can people who would like to see a new kind of economy do you mm. have, do you have any ideas about how they might come together and try to achieve that Mm. I mean, yeah, obviously supporting the sort of the alternative, you know, enterprises where you can, you know, social enterprises, co-ops, um, you know, going straight to farmers through CSAs, things like that. Um, but really, I... I do think we need investment in in the co-op sector. Um, That's a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think the One Million Owners campaign is asking for some really sensible things. Um, I wish I wish I had more detail to sort of, you know, that would just trip off my tongue. But this, this idea of investing in, you know, making sure business advisors are giving people information about co-ops you know so these are people that already want to set up businesses they're entrepreneurs you know they need to know about co-ops and that that is an option um do you know who's in do you, do you know anybody i could talk to at co-ops uk about the um the million owners campaign um yes i've got a couple of people's emails um that i could that i could pass your way okay i'll talk, I'll talk yeah to yeah I'd like to interview them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but there's also noncorporate.org, which is a website to help people withdraw their money from the corporate sector and into the, the new economy, if you like. So oh, I'll, brilliant. I'll definitely put you on that. We're talking to people in the States yeah. as well. We're looking to, to launch that in the States as well. Okay, great. Just a way of, to show people all the different sectors, even food, energy. Yeah. Yeah. IT. Great. Yeah, send me the link to that because we could publicise that to customers as well. Fantastic. We'll do. Yeah. Um, are you optimistic about things? <sighs> oh, 
I mean, no. yeah, not just for you, <laughs> but you're not. Yeah, no, I think, well, we're living in a real crazy time. I mean, the climate crisis is pretty terrifying. Um, I think that that's hard to feel optimistic about, although, you know, seeing what young people are doing is, that's cause for hope, 100%. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, that and, you know, the fact that the financial sector just is still so, you know, in pretty much the same state it was before the crash, um, doesn't seem to have learned anything. Yeah. Um, on a small level, I'm, I, I see a lot of, you know, on a local level, I see lots of cause for optimism. There's loads of great stuff going on in Manchester, but, um, but no internationally and globally well we've just got to keep on keeping on haven't we and doing what we're doing and building something different but yeah, yeah, yeah. how can people keep up to speed with what you're up to uh probably well our website has got an incredible sort of depth of information on there in terms of our kind of con you know where we come from our values our you know all that sort of information but social media we we use to keep people updated so facebook and instagram mostly um and there are links to those from your website uh yes i think so or just i mean if you just search for unicorn grocery on facebook you'll find okay. it yeah, yeah 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 okay um debbie it's been fantastic talking with you oh and you yeah thanks and um yeah definitely i'll, I'll send you the link to non-corporate and uh, yeah do I've just, just before we started this, I was looking at the other interviews on your channel and there's some really fascinating looking ones. Like I'm really looking forward to, to giving them a listen. Fantastic. I yeah. see a couple of familiar faces on there. Yeah, I bet, yeah. <laughs>